This episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is sponsored by Nick B, Mazakazu T, Mike H, and the OT Gourmet Geek. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. And thanks for joining us on the 101st episode of <laughs> Final Girls Horrorcast. That's so hard to say. I don't know why. This show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. And happy October yet again on our special October series. This year, we're covering some films that go along with traditional Halloween costumes. At the end of each episode, we'll draw two costume selections from a hat and pick some films we think correspond with those costumes. At the end of last week's episode, we selected Werewolf and Pumpkin. So today we're discussing 1981's The Howling and 1988's Pumpkinhead. For you new listeners, we are a spoiler-heavy podcast, so continue at your own risk. The Howling is currently available on Shudder, and Pumpkinhead is on Prime Video, Hulu, and Epics. Be sure to check those out before continuing if you are a spoiler-sensitive listener. But before we jump into these films, let's get started with a segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is Clove Hitch Killer, with a November 16th release date. The director is Duncan Skiles, uh, who everyone remembers from The Last <laughs> of the Great Romantics. Everyone. Never heard of it. <laughs> Me either. And it's written by Christopher Ford, who wrote Clown. Is that true? Yes. Oh, love Clown. The IMDb summary is a picture-perfect family is shattered when the work of a serial killer hits too close to home. Dylan McDermott stars in this chilling portrait of an all-American evil. Of all-American evil. I, that's the worst summary ever. I was going to say, wait, was that part of it? <laughs> that's so funny. Uh, I don't understand. What a fucking bizarre... Who wrote that? I don't know. Not do we, me. Do we know if this is based off a book? I don't know. Let I feel me. like every movie that's about a serial killer is based off of a book. I mean, it sounds like it. It really right? feels like it, too. Like, it mm. sounds, the name even, sounds yeah. very reminiscent of, like, a Lifetime movie. And they kept saying clove hitch, clove hitch. It's just like yeah. a clove hitch. Like, do people know what clove hitches are? Because I have no clue what a clove hitch is. Can you school mm. me on that, or do I, we I, not know? Do we have to? I go know. I thought it was Google like the it? town. I thought it was the the town. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it it's says, not that piece of cloth that he no, tied it, around things. No, I think it is. I think you're right. I obviously paid really close attention to this trailer. Oh, here um, I am. I'm going to read this from Google. Ready? Okay. From Google. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. It's website. It's called Google.com. <laughs> Little, it says, little site. You, it's crazy. You just type things in and it tells you things. Beautiful. Um, brand new thing. Just happened. 
Amazing sight. Uh, the clove hitch is a type of knot along with the bowline mm. and the sheet bend. It is often considered one of the most important knots and is commonly referred to as a double hitch. A clove hitch is two successive half hitches around an object. It is most effectively used as a crossing knot. So really, I know very little more than I knew before, other than I it's a type of no knot. I still have no idea. <laughs> okay. So. I still don't get it. Um, apparently, the villain in this movie is related to the real-life serial killer, the BTK, Dennis Rader. Okay. That's just the trivia that's on IMDb. Oh, there's already trivia for this that's, film. That's it. That's the only trivia. I will this. say that I did not recognize Dylan McDermott. I know. I was like, he looks really familiar, but who is he? And then I even saw, like, I was even like, oh, Dylan McDermott's in this film. And then I was like, wait, that's Dylan McDermott? Yeah. I read the IMDb summary that said Dylan McDermott was in it. And then I was like, where's Dylan McDermott? Oh, wait, he's in every scene of the trailer. Oh, wait, he's the dad. <laughs> he's got a crazy haircut that apparently yeah. transforms his entire being. Somehow. Does he does he have something on his face or is it just like he just looks different? He has a a beard of some sort, right? Yeah, maybe it's the beard. I don't know. Usually you could still tell it's a person with a beard. I don't know. He looks really <laughs> different. So anyway, this movie actually doesn't look too bad. I don't think it looks too bad. I'm not super into it, but I think it looks good. It kind of feels like a made-for-TV movie, though. And That's even what I'm the saying. The summary also suggests that. It felt very Lifetime. Very life, But, like, really good Lifetime movie. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but, like, I loved Lifetime murder movies when I was growing up. I'm going to tell you, I've watched zero of them. Oh, my God. There was, so, there was, like, one with Tori Spelling. There was another one with Chick from Saved by the Bell. There, they, there, there was some gems in there. Chick from Saved by the Bell. I can't remember her name. <laughs> Kelly Kapowski, that one. What's her name? A Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Boom. You're not allowed. If you're our age and a female, you are not allowed to say Chick from Saved by the Bell. You Guys, have to know I, names. For, I forgot. I was like, I can see her in my brain. I know what her Saved by the Bell name was. <laughs> Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Her name is Kelly. Yeah. Kelly. She Kapowski. was she was in it. Yeah. I there? okay. So beyond that, because I never really watched those, it does kind of feel that way. But the trailer doesn't have like the weird music or anything that mm -mm. usually these things have. So I I'm assuming it's going to be a wide release, uh theatrical release. That's um, what it looks like. Yeah. But I don't know. It looks fine. I'll watch it. I don't think I'll see it in a theater, though. I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to forget about it unless they do <laughs> a lot of um, promoting for it around here. I probably won't remember. I that think this that's is a fair thing, though. It doesn't seem very memorable. Like, it looks like a lot of different things. N it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't look like anything new, really. No. I mean, we've seen this kind of plot before with yes. other films. I think there was even... A Stephen King film that came out. I think it was just like a Netflix movie a couple years ago that was like this, like, but it was just a husband and a wife. I forget what it's called. A Perfect Marriage, maybe something like that. And that it's like was a, that was a Lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it's based on a Stephen King novel or short story. They all sound like Lifetime movies. It might be. 
But it was it was like the wife finds out that the f- husband was a serial killer, and yeah, so it's it's basically the same thing except it's the son that finds out. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Leia, stop! She's being Le- so needy right now. She's being a little bit of a bitch. Get out of here! I love you. <laughs> Carly's <laughs> so abusive to animals. I know. Get she Peter just, calling you and shit. She's just okay. I gave in. She's in my lap. Just Sorry. let her lay in your lap so we can record, please. <laughs> she just is. Fucking just give in to the She's corgi butt now. in your face while oh we record, God. please. It's so beautiful. Hopefully she doesn't have the toots, because that would be bad. <laughs> that would be such a bummer. <laughs> no, she usually goes under the bed. Can you still reach your wine is the important question. Yes. Okay. The answer well, is yes. Well, then what's the problem here? There is no problem. Okay. Let's move on then. If I have <laughs> to read or research anything and I'm a little slow, I apologize. Well, that's okay. I have I have ways of checking things as well. You're <laughs> Every not the only I... one with, with the computer skills to <laughs> look up things. I like try to go to the computer and she just starts licking my hand. <laughs> She's like, fuck you. That's <laughs> She's a very like, cat thing to do. Are you sure Leia's not a cat? No, I'm not sure. She oh, could okay. be a cat corgi. <laughs> kitty cat corgi she's very needy she like she does the cat thing where like she'll try to like lay on my computer oh yeah if I'm Haley typing. doesn't do that and oh. she is an actual cat <laughs> so that's interesting all right let's move on what is our first film today that we are discussing we are discussing well we pulled pumpkin so obviously we had to go with 1988's pumpkin head i mean there's really nothing else we already did trick-or-treat exactly <laughs> duh yeah. Uh, so it's directed by Stan Winston. This was his directorial debut. Um, he also wrote uh, the story for The Unseen, and he's done special effects for a million movies, including Aliens, Terminator 2, Congo, Final Girl, Final Girl Favorite, Lake Placid, as well as Galaxy Quest and like Seriously. Carly favorite. I don't know if we can go as far to say Final Girl Favorite. It's a Final Girl Favorite because I am a Final Girl. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, fine. It's not a final girl's favorite. Right, correct. I did not pluralize it. It's just me, everyone. It's just me. Um, it was written by, so the story was written by Patch, or Mark Patrick Carducci and Stan Winston and Richard Weinman. And then the screenplay was by, uh, oh God, Gary Garini and Mark Patrick Carducci, uh, who has also done an episode of Tales from the Dark Side. The IMDb summary is, after a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering, vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers. That's what this is about. First question. Yes. When was the first time you saw Pumpkinhead? What was your first experience with Pumpkinhead? I was, like, young, I feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I saw it again probably when I was, like, 14. 13, 14. Okay. And then I didn't watch it again until this moment. Okay. My first experience, and I, I have a theory here. My first experience with Pumpkinhead was as a child, but I never saw the movie. My mom's friend had her son over. And don't ask me his name or who he was because I don't remember. But I remember I was playing with a little boy in my basement. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Which sounds bad. Sounds real bad. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> it was, you know, we were just playing. But he wanted to play boy games and I didn't know how to do that because all my friends were girls because I was a little girl. And and he wanted to play Pumpkinhead and I don't, I didn't understand what that meant. 
So I still I just don't know if I understand like what that a means. A pumpkin on a head or something, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, okay, like a guy with a pumpkin for a head." And I think it's goofy, but then he's acting like a monster, and I was very confused by it. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. happening? Who are yeah. you? Fast forward a few years later, I find out there's a movie called Pumpkinhead, but I didn't actually watch it until like two years ago. Um, and I have a theory that this is 100% a nostalgia movie. That people who watched it young like it, and people who didn't don't necessarily like it. And you know, it's a classic. Um, so you're telling I, me you didn't like it? I don't want to say I didn't like it. There were things I did like about it, but I think it's a little boring, especially for an 80s horror monster movie. Like, at this time, there were so many better movies than this. I appreciate the monster. I appreciate some of the story, but it doesn't, I don't know. There's just something where it's like disconnected and I don't really care. Like I wish that I cared more Mm -hmm. and I wish that the special effects were a little more gruesome. Mm -hmm. I didn't find it scary at all. I could see how a kid would find this very scary because the monster itself would be very frightening to a child. Right. But, But me as an adult, like I love 80s movies and I love 80s horror more than most people. Would you agree? Yes. I'm a huge 80s horror fan. And this just doesn't match the other 80s. It's not weird enough. It's not like quirky enough. And it's not gory enough for me, I think. Um, But I I do enjoy parts of it. It's just not my favorite. I um, was actually really surprised when I found out that it was from 1988. Um, I had always, I feel like I always thought it was older than that. It feels like a 70s film. It does feel like a yeah. 70s film, but it also kind of makes sense to me in that it kind of feels more like an early 90s uh, mm. horror movie now okay. that I'm watching it again. Not necessarily when I was little, because obviously I associated it as being a very 80s movie. Um, but there, I don't know. I, I You might be right, because I still really enjoyed this movie. I do agree that it's slow. Um I do agree that it it doesn't necessarily have all the gore that mm-hmm. I was expecting from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just some things that are kind of a miss. But overall, like, I don't, I'm not attached to the characters. In fact, like, except for, like, the little boy and his dog, obviously. Because the dog is fucking adorable. <laughs> Always attached to the dogs. Uh, A.K.A., like, Little dog from Gremlins, which is, I think, the only trivia that I pulled. I know, but that's the best (laughs) trivia for this movie ever. Dog actor Mushroom did his own stunts for the film. Which is like so cute. Yes, out of control. I wanna cry. I love that name. So cute. His freaking name's Mushroom. Um, and then the boy the little boy is like so adorable. And immediately when like the teenagers come in, I was very much reminded of um shit, Eli Roth movie, Cabin Fever, mm, right? Like yeah. that whole front scene. Mm-hmm. But um so well the minute Mostly they started of the like douches. Yeah, the douches. Yeah, there's some douches. Yeah, there's some major douches. Really just one one douche and his douchey girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. Immediately though, like when he like makes fun of the kid for having the Coke bottle glasses, I was oh, like, yeah. you need to f-, I was like Pumpkinhead's gonna fucking kill you, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> he was the worst. He was the worst. He's Joel is the worst character I think I've seen in Ever. recent memory in a horror film. Ever. He is horrible. 
Yes. He's atrocious. And I hated him from the very moment he was on screen. Uh, yeah, same. Beer me. Give me a beer, woman. And then drinking a beer while he's driving. And then making fun of a child. Yeah. He's a sweet child with his sweet dog, Mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. Gypsy. <laughs> so cute. Mushroom. So cute. Um, and then like when I saw the motorcycles, everything kind of th- like I when we started uh, said that we were going to watch this, I was like, I really don't remember. Like, I remember Pumpkinhead, but and I remember the dog. I don't remember a lot about this movie. And mm-hmm. as I was watching it, it started like coming back to me. And I was like, oh, motherfuck, like the motorcycles, the little boy. I can't yeah. handle this. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, ah, the beginning is very memorable. And yeah. then just kind of like, I don't know. It it could have. I feel like it just could have done more with it. Like I just don't really, because the whole beginning is actually pretty solid. Like I'm interested in what's happening. Yeah. But then, I, like once Pumpkinhead is summoned, it's like you would think that's when the movie gets better. But it's right. really when the movie kind of like fizzles a little bit. Um, the Pumpkinhead kills are kind of lame. Like uh, most of the Pumpkinhead kills are picking up people and dropping them and throwing them. Yeah, <laughs> he just kind of drops them places. Yeah. I'll drop you from a tree. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw you over here. I'm going to throw you over here. Now I'm going to throw you and you're going to drop because I'm really good at this kind of stuff. Yeah, he's really good at picking up people. That's how vengeance demons work. Yeah. I appreciate the vengeance demons more in Buffy is all I'm saying. <laughs> they just seem a little bit more conniving to me. I get you. Yeah. They are. They They for sure are. Um, and let's not forget our favorite vengeance demon of all time. Who's our favorite vengeance demon of all time? <gasps> Carly. You introduced me to Buffy. You have to know these things. I did. Who's our favorite? Are you serious right now? I'm so like drawing a blank. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a lot of demons. Acting like Anya is not like the most amazing vengeance demon of all time. See, I wouldn't have gone there. Because you I didn't guess, think of her as a vengeance demon, is yeah, that why? Mm, yeah. I got you. I got you. Okay. I right. was like, I get that she is, but she is terrified of bunnies. He, she is. Do you think Pumpkinhead is also afraid of bunnies? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yes. <laughs> if like a bunny came hopping He's like, out I gotta go. At the end, it wasn't like about the gun or anything. It was like, you know, a bunny hops out and then he just like runs away and he dies. Yeah, he's, he's like, He bye. dies of fright from bunnies. <laughs> It's a vengeance demon trait I learned from Buffy. Yeah, they hate bunnies. They're they don't scared like bunnies. of bunnies. Not a fan of bunnies. Um, no. But like, I feel like there's some really good things here. I think the lighting in this movie is fucking phenomenal. Both of these movies, actually, yeah, use a lot of like blue and reds and pinks, and um, like the lighting because it this place or this takes most. Uh, takes place mostly like in the forest with lots yeah. of trees and then mm-hmm. the lighting coming in and like then there's like a lot of like red happening from other angles I mm-hmm. am obsessed with the lighting in this movie it's, I think it's great I agree I agree it's so good um, I really like the, the general story I like that this father's kid dies and he goes and finds this crazy woman haggis who lives in the woods to summon Pumpkinhead to seek revenge but what he doesn't understand is that like that's basically his vengeance and he 
is, you know, you kill him, you kill Pumpkinhead, and you that's kind of something that unfolds. Like, I could care less about really any of the characters in this movie, except for the little boy and Mushroom. Um, but I feel like there's like there's a lot of I like the story. There's a lot of good stuff. I'm gonna throw something out there. Yeah. I think this film would do fantastic as a remake. I was gonna say that also. Yeah. yeah. Um because it's it's got a good idea and I think someone today could take this and make it fucking fantastic. Same. I don't know who. I don't know I, who either. I, I need to think about it. Yeah. But someone could make this fantastic. No, sure. I agree. Because I feel yeah. like even, I know that when they were writing it, like they wanted to make Haggis more brutal, more, mm-hmm. you know, intense. Um, and mm-hmm. I feel like they could have taken that to another level also. But like, I I want, God, like the last shot where like she's burying Pumpkinhead is so visually fucking beautiful. There's yeah. there's so many good like that's the only thing that makes me hesitant is I feel like the the thing that really makes this movie shine for me is the visuals of it. Um but I think that in I really today, love the aesthetic. But I think today we could make it better. Like and the story could be so much stronger yeah. and the acting could be so much better. The acting in this, I mean, besides Lance Hendrickson, who's mm-hmm. Hen- Lance Hendrickson's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, that first shot of Lance Hen- Hendrickson in this movie with his shirt off and yeah. like all glistening and with sweat, I was like, dang, Lance Hendrickson was looking good back in the day. Nineteen eighty eight, Lance Hendrickson could get it. It's true. That's all I'm saying. It's true. <laughs> He had it going on. He did. I was like surprised by it. I was um, like, oh. But I agree with you. I yeah. I I think um I think that this would be a really this has the potential of being a very good remake. I have a couple um notes here that I'd like to go over if that's okay. Proceed. Okay. So it's said at the very beginning, and correct me please if I'm wrong. But at the very, very beginning, the first scene of the film, 1957. Yes? Yes. So it takes place in 1957. What year does it actually look like? Well, was it, that's the beginning. Oh, yes. like, oh, yeah, it ta- it looks like it's, like, in colonial times or something. Like, <laughs> it 100% looks like, like, 1820. Yeah. Like, you could tell me that this was 1820, and I'd be like, yes, 1820. Yeah. Besides the fact that your son is wearing pajamas, this 100% looks like 1820 to me. Yeah, no, I nothing, agree. Nothing says 1950s here whatsoever. It's like... No. It's like a cabin with one room. Everyone yep. sleeps in the same room and there's a fire and there's no electricity. Nothing about this is 1957 to me. No, it definitely looks like colonial America. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the witch. Oh, we're watching the witch. Yeah. No, 1957. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're in present day and they're at their store and this like hillbilly truck drives up. And what is going on with this family? (laughs) Like, the guy gets out. He's in normal, like, hillbilly clothes. Fine. But then his children come out and they look like they're wearing, like... Tatters, if you will. They're they're wearing burlap sacks. They literally look like... They're like the cast of Oliver. Yes! They're the little children (laughs) that live in the wall with Fagin. (laughs) And Dodger. 
who's the older brother. Oh my god. <laughs> who torments them but also feeds okay, we them. don't need the plot of that. <laughs> But, but like, yes, they 100% do. <laughs> and you're like, wait, even in the 80s, like, remember in the 80s when they had like those commercials where they're like, give money to children in Africa that are starving. Yeah. Even those kids are dressed like in like Nike clothes, like hand-me-downs. Yeah. These kids are wearing fucking burlap and like dirty as fuck. Like they do not look like kids from the 80s. I don't care what area you're living in. It- it doesn't make any sense. And no one looks like this in real life in the 80s. It was very interesting. It was just strange. It, yeah. It, the whole thing it was is a very strange. interesting like, choice. Okay, we get it. They're like live in the middle of nowhere, but this is not realistic. This is this is not what the middle of nowhere looked like in the 50s. It is not what the middle of nowhere looked like in the 80s. No way, shape, or form. Um, I just, I don't really get that. And I think besides the motorcycle thing, this movie could have easily just taken place a long time ago. Oh, 100%. There's no reason why it shouldn't just take place a long time ago. Yeah. I don't really get... I don't get why the beginning of the film had to be so disconnected from the now. Um, It just didn't really make sense story-wise. I don't know why they did that. Like, oh, this happened 30 years before, and now... It's happening again. Um, why that has to happen, I don't know. Um, I don't really, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Um, I mean, the beginning doesn't 100% make sense anyways. It's just to like, I don't feel like the beginning adds anything to the story. It's really just to say, there's this to, creepy thing that lives in the woods yeah. and it will get you. It's like an introduction to the rules of Pumpkinhead. Right. Like, if you don't get in its way, it won't kill you. Right. But, I mean, that could have been introduced a billion ways. It doesn't have to be introduced that way. Right. It doesn't, need, like it doesn't the- need to be introduced in colonial 1950 America. <laughs> colonial 1950s America. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just confusing to watch. I don't yeah. really get it. I don't really get it. Um. Yeah, I do- also am confused about pumpkins a pumpkin patch in a graveyard it's just great for the soil i don't know I just i i'm confused by that and i like in the story it's like the children like to play in the pumpkin patch graveyard is that a thing children do i mean maybe in colonial 1950s america they sure did (laughs) god amy don't you know anything about america oh my god Oh my god. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. <laughs> Colonial 19. Oh, I can't let that go. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I also hate the name Pumpkinhead. I fucking hate it. I don't mind I, it, but again, I think it's the nostalgia. And just like, who picked up the, I'm sorry. I know I'm shitting on people's movie that they love, and I'm sorry. And you can send me hate mail, and that's okay. I fully accept it. Um, but like, Someone wrote this script and named it Pumpkinhead, and someone thought, that's a great name for a movie. Let's not change it. Is that is that how it worked? He doesn't, his head doesn't look like a pumpkin. It's just because there's pumpkins in the graveyard that he's buried, which that whole scene felt very Pet cemetery to me. When they were, like, circling around him? No, when she's, like, 
go to the graveyard and bury him and instruct oh, him oh, oh, how oh. to do it and then he goes and does it it feels very pet cemetery gotcha gotcha i mean yeah i will say though very exciting hesse the sister of one of the hillbilly boys oh is that my ambialic her name is hesse no she's sharon from my so-called life Oh, my Ambialic was in this too. Was she one of the yes. younger sisters? I don't know. I, I read that, but then I didn't see her. So maybe she must have been one of the little sisters. But Hesse, the older sister, Sharon from My So-Called Life. Very That's excited amazing. about that. I noticed her right away and I was very excited <laughs> about it. It's like, like, I know you. I know you. Yes. Um. So, um, Pumpkinhead's act like was actually a poem. Okay. And so... That helps. That's kind of like what it was used for. Um, okay. It wasn't written for the film, but I don't know when it was written. Okay. Um, was it written in 1950s colonial America? Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> so, I don't know. That's where Pumpkinhead came from, though. The name. And Pumpkinhead has his own strobe light that follows him around, which I, mean, I appreciate. And he sounds dramatic. like locusts. Yeah. So I appreciate that. He's got like, a flair for the dramatic. He does. He has a lot of drama. Which I appreciate. Yeah. He's very into theatrics. He doesn't just appear. He needs locust sounds, strobe lights, blue and red lighting, all very important things. Fog. Yeah. Fog's also very important. Uh, to his entrances, I mean, he is, you need to know he's coming and you need to respect the pumpkin head. You'd be better or <laughs> you're going to get thrown around and dropped down somewhere randomly. I will say I thought it was very uncharacteristic when Pumpkinhead took the chain off of the motorcycle and then <laughs> kind of like giggled to himself about it. <laughs> He's got to have his fun where he can, Amy. But I mean, but I mean, like all of his other killings, they are just like he appears and he throws someone, or he appears and he picks them up and he drops them, or he appears and he like impales them on a branch or something. This one in particular, where he takes the chain—I mean, he had the foresight to know what a motorcycle was to take the chain off the said motorcycle. To—I mean, why wouldn't you just demolish the motorcycle? It's like he's trying to trick him into getting on the motorcycle. It's like a very elaborate scheme, which I—I I, I, don't—I I mean, again, theatrics, but yeah. like that's really the only moment he does anything slightly intellectual like that. All of his other, like, he doesn't need to do that. He can literally just pick people up and throw them and they're dead. You know, I, I, I mean, he wanted to have some fun. Oh, okay. He was having a good time at that point. Yeah. I mean, right. he was like getting ideas. Maybe I can use this. <laughs> Maybe I can't giggle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, so just to reiterate the ending. Not reiterate, just to discuss the ending. <laughs> so Lance Henriksen gets this horrible Blair Witch necklace from his son that looks evil as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Which he insists he will wear forever. Yeah. Um, and then when he dies at the end and he 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 gets pumpkin heads get gets buried again. So that the next person can resurrect him again. Right. But like he's wearing Lance Henriksen's necklace. So is, are we to believe that Lance Henriksen is now a vengeance demon? No, because he was the vengeance demon when 
he summoned him because he but why was why is Pumpkinhead wearing his necklace? Because he turned into Pumpkinhead or something. So Lance Henriksen turned into Pumpkinhead. I thought they Wait, were just connected. He didn't get that. He didn't get the necklace from his kid, I thought. Um, I thought the pumpkin head that like the little Voldemort fetus that he brings to Haggis has that on. And I thought Haggis gave that to him. Oh. Or put no, that on Haggis the sun. Haggis did not. I no, thought he the put that. made the necklace and oh. gave it. Now I'm like, I thought like he gave someone no, something. The, okay. The son gave the necklace to Lance Henriksen. Right. Lance Henriksen put. Lance Henriksen puts it on and says, I'm never taking it off. Does okay, the witch okay, that one. then take it from him? I don't remember the witch taking the necklace from Lance, but maybe I've, she does. I thought when they were doing the blood thing. Oh, maybe. That maybe she I was like, I, I don't know. But I, it seemed I like it was a part reveal of the ritual. The part of the ritual. I don't know. It seemed like a reveal at the end. That it was him. That it was him at the end being buried. I always thought that it was Pumpkinhead, whoever summoned the demon, basically, it was like half, I, it was like I them. Think it's, Do you know I, what I mean? think it's whoever summons the demon becomes the demon next. I like it, though. I think that's what it is, because it has to be. Why else would the demon be wearing his necklace? Well, because And the he necklace was- isn't burned, okay? The corpse is burned. The necklace is made of wood, and it's not burned. Well, I think that Which it was like his... Which makes me think that Lance Henriksen was wearing it. So Pumpkinhead's body got burned. Yes. But then, but it's Lance Henriksen who was the demon, essentially, like half, like the demon was thriving off of Lance Henriksen's being. So every time that Pumpkinhead did something, it's kind of like Harry Potter and Voldemort. Every time Pumpkinhead did something that was fucked up, Lance Henriksen could feel it and see it, and he right. hated it. Right? right, and that's when like he's like accidentally walks into the pitchfork at the end, and de- and Pumpkinhead gets like injured. I'm gonna then, stop you there though, yeah, because Lance Henriksen is starting to act weirder at the end. His eyes are getting all crazy. Yes, he's fighting off becoming this demon. Correct. He's slowly becoming Pumpkinhead. Correct. That's why I'm saying when he kills himself at the end to kill Pumpkinhead, and Pumpkinhead bursts into flames. I think Lance Henriksen's the one she's burying. Yes. But like Pumpkinhead. So, but it's Pumpkinhead. It's not like, it's no longer no, I think Lance, Lance Henriksen. Hen- right. It's like. Lance Henriksen is the new Pumpkinhead. He's become the demon head. He's become yes. a demon. But, so like, I get it. But like, he was already kind of the demon. So like the next person, it's going to like, that's kind of what keeps on the cycle. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say this whole time. Oh, yes. <laughs> I concur. Oh, okay. oh my god okay do we have anything more to say about this movie no i like it a lot i don't hate it i don't want people to think i hate it i just don't think it's that great like i'll watch it i would watch this again but maybe every like five or six years maybe not an every year kind of thing it's just not it's just not that fun it's fine it's fine. I understand the n- nostalgic thing. And if you grew up watching this movie, I absolutely get that you would love this movie. Um, going into it as an adult cold, it just doesn't have the same effect, I don't think. Totally. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree with you. If you listen to the Horror Business podcast, Liam and Justin fight about this movie. And Liam doesn't like it. And Justin likes it. And I've always sided with Liam 
because I don't think that it's as amazing as people think it is. So I'm sure Justin is screaming at us right now. Justin, feel free to write us an angry email. I don't, it's fine. I feel free to write Amy an angry email because you and I are on the same side, buddy. Yeah, send them to finalgirlshorrorcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we'll both read it. So we'll both read it. Um, you know what I think we should do before our next film, Carly, which we don't usually do, but I think it would be very appropriate this week. Please tell me. A quick BarkBox ad. Oh, hell yeah. So BarkBox is a fantastic subscription box service you can get, Carly. Do you, would you like to speak to that for a little bit? I would love to so much. Okay, okay um, you do it. Because I have all the dogs and they love them. <laughs> all There's of the dogs belong to Carly. It's a very smelly house. <laughs> it's not. It smells like cinnamon because I got these cool <laughs> cinnamon brooms from Trader Joe's, but this is not a speak about Trader Joe's. It <laughs> a speak. Yeah. It's not a speak about. It's not. This is a speak about BarkBox. <laughs> I'm nailing this. Um, you got it, girl. It's a really great assortment of treats and toys delivered to you and your pup every month. They are amazingly original, super clever. Um, they come with this month was Halloween. So you have the twins from The Shining as squirrels <gasps> and they're adorable. Yeah. I need pictures of that. That yeah. sounds amazing. They're so great there's like roadkill so there's like a little squirrel that like kind of looks like roadkill but he's got like a happy face and he's a squeaky toy they like nail it it's so clever your dogs will love it you'll love opening it i can't recommend bark box enough that's so great i they have squirrels that look like do you have can you take a picture of that please i would like to post it on our instagram or maybe you could post it on our Instagram because that sounds adorable. Absolutely. They are, are they wearing blue dresses? They're actually pink. <gasps> These ones are oh, pink. Oh, cute. Um, but they all have clever names. Um, it's it's great. They're, it's it's so cl- like Not only is it awesome for your dogs, but if you appreciate adorable things, you will love it. So if you guys want to get a bark box, if you have a nice pup in your life, or maybe, uh, you know, a family member has a pup and you'd like to get them a gift, it's getbarkbox.com and use backslash final girls. And we get a little throwback if you use that. So again, it's getbarkbox.com backslash final girls. I just wanted to do that because we're about to do the howling. Carly, can you give me a howl? I was literally going to be like the howling. Yeah. Can you get Leia to howl? Does she howl? That's not like a corgi thing, huh? She actually does, but like she needs to hear some something. So maybe she'll grace us with her voice at some point and we can like put it in. Oh! Oh! It's pretty good. It's pretty good howling. (laughs) She's just looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) She's like, Ma, that is not how you do it. Uh, So we're doing The Howling from 1981. It's directed by Mr. Joe Dante, who you might remember from Piranha and Gremlins uh, that we've previously talked about. He also worked on Gremlins 2 and Small Soldiers. It's written by Gary Brandle. I'm sorry. The novel was written by Gary Brandner. Um, And the screenplay is by John Sayles. 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 John Sayles, who also worked on Piranha. And as well as Alligator and the Spiderwick Chronicles, um, Terrence H. Winkless also wrote it. Uh, he wrote He's My Girl and Twice is Dead. A bunch of movies I haven't heard of, Carly. Thank you for Same. writing those out for me. I have uh, no idea, guys. You know, <laughs> there they are. 
You're welcome. The IMDb summary for this movie is after a bizarre and near deadly encounter with a serial killer, a television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort whose residents may not be what they seem. So have you seen The Howling before? I actually hadn't. This is my first viewing. Oh my God, me too. Oh, no way. I didn't know that. So I, I've seen parts of it on TV, but I've never seen the whole thing. And I actually bought it recently. Um, this month, I went to um, the used DVD record store slash record store that I visit. Um, just I'll just give them a shout out in case you're in uh, La Mesa, California. Uh, Reanimated Records in La Mesa. It's awesome. Um no, but I went there and they had it. And I was like, oh, I know we're doing this in October. So I'm going to buy it so I can watch the special features. I saw there were quite a few. Uh, and I'm glad I own it. Um, I've ne- I, I've always wanted to watch this. I just never did. And I love Joe Dante. Um, I love, I mean, Gremlins. Come on, guys. How can you not? I love Small yeah. Soldiers. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Dante's great. Yeah. Um, so... I I was excited to watch this. I enjoyed my time with it. I I was it, it really feels like 1980 to me. Like it's it's very much on the cusp of 70s and 80s horror. You get the 80s gore. Um you get hints of the 80s gore and like the 80s special effects, uh, practical effects we we were just starting to get then. And then we also have like this weird um, nudity, sexual aggression from the 70s horror. Yeah, right? I, it's, it's very much on the cusp of both of those things. I'm not usually a huge 70s horror fan because of that. It's not really my favorite, but there's not too much of it here. I think it's... It's it's really on on the border. It's interesting. It's an interesting mishmash. Early 80s horror films are always very interesting to me for that reason. I thought it felt really 70s as well. Yeah. But the but the gore and the transformation scenes yeah. are very 80s, really heavy-handed with the 80s, but otherwise it feels very 70s, yeah. Totally. But it's not as gruesome as a lot of 70s horror is. Like, there is some sexual violence images, but not really. It's just, like, one or two. It seemed like there was more in the film, and they decided not to do it. Yeah, I mean, those, um, like, the, the when she's in, like, the porn place, and he's behind yes. her, and she's, like, watching the porn. The porn the, place, the by little, the way. The, the porn place. <laughs> I'm very That's what distinct. we call it. I'm great with my words. Yeah, um, they actually like filmed two separate things that were like full length. Yeah, which I thought did. was really bizarre. Um, no, and they showed scenes from it, and it was actually very uh, upsetting for me yeah. to watch. Like there was this one. I don't. I don't think it made it to the actual film, but there is a scene in the move in the um, one of the movies they shot, and even Joe Dante said like f- filming those scenes was really uncomfortable, but kind of necessary because they weren't going to use actual hardcore porn to right. play in the background. They need something more tame than that, obviously. But it was still a very um, it was very rapey. Like the scenes, they weren't like porn as some people might know it today it was very it was like aggressive um, yeah well i mean wasn't abusive. like one of them like a girl getting like raped on a car yeah there was a girl getting raped on a car and then there was a girl getting raped on a bed and there was a scene that got cut thankfully where you they showed it in 
the um, special features on the DVD, though, with a guy with a plunger just th- like thrusting it forward. And I'm like, what? Oh what? My, why? Jesus. Why? Jeez. Who the fuck thought of that? All That's right. So, so anyway, fucking weird. Um, I mean, that whole thing feels very 70s. It's very like le- Last House on the Left. It's. Yeah. But it's brief and it's not as extreme as that. But there is some of that here. Um, again, it's a pre-recorded movie that they're watching. It's not, uh, it's not like it's happening right. live time in right. the movie. Um, still weird. Agreed. Very weird. But again, very 70s influence. I don't know what it is about 70s horror films and like sexual aggression, but that was a really big thing then. Yeah. It was a really big thing, which is why I don't like 70s horror films very much. Um, but I... I I think that this is fairly successful for what it is. Um, I do like the beginning, and the beginning of this film feels very separate and different than the second half of the mm-hmm. film, um, because we have kind of a serial killer thing. Um, the, this woman, she's a newscaster, and she uh, decides she's going to go undercover to because she's been in contact with the serial killer or this guy that claims to know the serial killer. I don't understand why the police aren't more involved in this situation. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel very realistic to me that she would just be walking around and the, the cops don't know where she is and the cops don't know. Uh, and it's just weird. They have a general idea of where she is and what she looks like, but they're not like following her, which... There was that doesn't seem realistic to me. No, it's I was very confused by the beginning of this movie. And I was like, am I just like not following this appropriately? Yeah, I just doesn't. That's I think it's just because it doesn't feel realistic. Yeah. Uh, If the the cops were following her the whole time, it would have. But I think that that adds to the tension. Right. Is that are the cops going to get to her in time? Right. Right. Um, where I don't know. It would have made more sense if there was like a traffic jam or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were following her and then something shitty happened and right. they like couldn't get to her fast enough. Exactly. Uh, that would have made more sense to me than they didn't even know where she was and they somehow found her. Um I love the smiley face thing though. Where there's where there's a smiley face, that's where the serial killer's been, and that's where your clue is to find the serial killer. Yes. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy a lot of the serial killer the serial killer apartment, the serial killer uh cabin. Um and the set designer um is actually the same one as as from or the, sorry, the production designer is the same one as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you know, all the bones and everything that you'll see that again, there's some bones, um, some animal skulls, and then there's a lot of like, you know, sketches and things like that. But I, th- th- that's a good choice, I think, um, I, to have the, the production designer from Texas Chainsaw do this. Oh, yeah, it was I mean, there was so much going on in the back. And like, even when they were going to like the guy's apartment or whatever, and like, there's all like that. There's just it's very detailed and it a is. lot of you can tell that like a lot of thought and work it feels genuine yeah it does it very much does um i like marcia as a character i find her i thought that she the the actress did a really good job d wallace um i thought it felt fairly real and some overacting but i think as a whole like i found her believable yeah i like her I liked her a lot. I think it's really funny, too, because in the special features, they were interviewing her quite a bit. 
And she was talking about, especially earlier in her career, how she only knew how to be the person. You know, she was very method. She didn't know how to get in and out of it very easily. So she just stuck in it. So she was just like terrified for like as long as they were filming. Um, <laughs> poor, poor lady. I know. And she was, <laughs> but I love how she was saying, I'm going to jump to the end for a second. She was saying when they were filming the end and she walks in and all the people are there surrounding her and she kind of figures out what's going on. That when they initially started filming it, it was like 10 women and they were all topless. And she was like, I'm not filming this. What? Yeah. She's like, I'm not. I don't know what this is. I'm not filming this. I refuse to be in this scene. (laughs) And then I guess they got, I don't remember who it was that they got back. It might have been Joe Dante. I don't know why they would be filming without him. Yeah. But they got got him back on set and he was like, yeah, no, this is ridiculous. Cut it like put clothes on everybody <laughs> but i just thought that was like really weird she was just like no i'm not doing she's, she's like she's absolutely like, i'm from not. kansas we're not doing this. yeah i i'm gonna be in critters in a couple years <laughs> this isn't this isn't happening i have a reputation right to uphold yeah um i just thought that was interesting i love that she was just like yeah no we're not no nope <laughs> no <laughs> no this is no please no, uh, no thanks i'll be in let me know when everyone has their clothes on and I'll come back. Yeah, Thanks. I've got to go. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. And she's sneaky as fuck, too, because the man who played Steve was actually her fiance at the time. And they didn't cast that role yet. So she was already hired on. And they were looking for someone to play Steve. And she's like, but she didn't want to tell them that it was someone she knew because she thought that might make them not want to do it. So she was like, oh, you know, I think I know I know this guy that might be really good for it. Uh, I can't think of his name. Let me let me get you in touch with him. You know, and they they read him and they liked him and they hired him. And then afterwards, she was like, yeah, we're engaged. That's so funny. (laughs) But look, you're going to save money because you only have to buy one trailer. Exactly. (laughs) It's fine. It is as sneaky as fuck, and I I really appreciate her because of both of those stories. My favorite is uh, the guy that plays Eddie. Oh my god, he's so good! Oh my gosh, he's I I loved reading that he was like one day he was in makeup and he was just like I was trained at Yale, two yeah. <laughs> two leading roles on Broadway, and my first yeah. acting role in California. My face gets melted in a low budget horror movie. Yeah, and that like that's the crew exactly was like. What he says. Bob, next time you got to read that script to the end. (laughs) (laughs) But he does a great job. I found him very scary. I thought he was very convincing as a serial killer. And um, it's kind of fun to see werewolves this way because usually it's like a curse, right? Yeah. You're a werewolf and you don't want to be and you're afraid of hurting people. Lock me up type things. This is like they're vampires. They're vampires almost. You know what I mean? They're not, but it's a very vampire feel. Yeah, it's like no. a group of them. They're happy to be who they are and they don't want to hide and they want to hunt together and do all these things. It, it feels more vampire-y than werewolf Agreed. It's very uh, reminiscent of the werewolves in Trick or Treat to me. Yes, yes. Um, they're yeah. like basically a coven. It yeah. felt like they're, I mean, I guess yeah. they're a pack technically. Um, sure. But yeah, the or only a colony, if you yeah. will, which is what they refer to each other That's as. That's true. Um, yeah, it seemed like the only person who like wasn't totally on board was Doc, um, who he gets, he's very happy that to get killed at the end. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to be, I think he wanted to be a werewolf, but he wanted them to be like 
good werewolves, you know, right, right, controlled werewolves that didn't get themselves into trouble, like the Cullens from Twilight, but <coughs> but werewolves. <laughs> Is that their name? Did I fuck up? <laughs> Don't make me answer that. <laughs> And I, we're not talking about Twilight, Carly. <laughs> God just, damn it. And you're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Collins. Also not into murdering, oh but being God. a family. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> so something interesting about Steve's character. Steve is a vegetarian, we are led to believe. He does yeah. not eat meat. Correct. Until he becomes a werewolf, obviously. That's like a thing. He's like, I'll just but eat like, anything when I'm really before hungry. Before he becomes a werewolf, he goes hunting and they're wolf hunting. Yeah. They're specifically looking for wolves because they think there's a wolf problem nearby because they hear howling at night. So he goes hunting and he immediately shoots the first thing he sees, which is a bunny rabbit what vegetarian is going out there shooting bunny rabbits not me i'll tell you that much and if you are a vegetarian and you're shooting bunny rabbits what vegetarian isn't then planning to feed someone that bunny rabbit totally he literally kills the rabbit and is like all right i don't know what to do with this thing now you killed a fucking living creature you shitty dude you either eat it or you feed someone it exactly use the fur Take you responsibility, buddy. You just killed a living creature, and now you're just going to leave it there? Piece of shit. This character's bullshit. That's when I'll I stopped ya. liking Steve. I stopped liking him way before he became a werewolf, I'll way tell you before that. before he became an asshole. Because he was he already actually, an asshole. Oh, he became more of an asshole, though, let's be honest. That's true. He was abusive a little bit. Yeah. So, so Marsha is like our creepy sexy werewolf lady right yes which i appreciate her character i like what it i don't know what it is about her i know she's evil but i love her she's got a plan she, she speaks her mind she gives zero fucks no and she's hot as fuck she's super hot she's super hot love her character Same. by the way yeah to very very into steve Oh, yeah. She's like, well, why are you looking for your wife? I think it's that mustache. I mean, it had to have been. She knew that he wasn't a real vegetarian. (laughs) (laughs) It was the mustache that gave it away. Yeah. Yes. Brings her a bunny rabbit. He's like, you just, you get me. (laughs) Vegetarian Steve. So there's a really interesting scene when they, they, after he becomes a werewolf and they're like having sex in the woods by a fire. Where it turns to animation. I'm sure you noticed that, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. Apparently, it was just because they they weren't sure how to do do it otherwise. (laughs) They weren't sure how to show them transforming during intercourse unless it was animated. So that's what they did. And strangely enough, they also did some stop animation for the film. They had a stop animator... Um, create all these werewolves and they had the when they had the um, at the end with the fire in the shed uh, they had stop animation to show the werewolves in the in the shed burning right Um, they didn't end up using it in the movie because it looked too out of place they said but I was like but you had a whole weird animated <laughs> sequence that looks completely out of place too 
I mean, I would find it more forgivable in this film because of the animation to have this other aspect, because then at least it's like, all right, there's multiple different forms. I can at least creatively appreciate that. Totally. But otherwise, the animation's kind of weird. Agreed. I mean, it's still weird. It's weird It would be anyways. weird no matter what. Yeah. But I mean, the stop animation doesn't really make it less weird. It wouldn't take anything away from it necessarily. Right. It wouldn't make it more weird if there were stop animation in it. And they did end up using one of the scenes, but they used it during a crossfade. So you couldn't really tell as much that it was stop animation. Gotcha. Um, That's funny. crazy. They spent all that money to have someone do all that work and then they didn't even use it, which I, is sad. It, I mean, it's also crazy because like then the, the end, they ran out of budget. So like the end transformation was literally done in like someone's office and that's why it was so close because they couldn't pan out because they weren't on set. Are you talking about Karen turning into a werewolf? Yes, at the end. Oh my God, because she is the cutest little puppy werewolf you ever did see. Her little muzzle. I was like, where is this going and why is it so close? She doesn't and, look scary at all. No. So it's just like, she's just this cute Pomeranian. And she's, precious. she's precious. She's precious. She's like a Pomeranian as a werewolf. Yeah. I feel like she, all she was missing was like the literal bow yes. on her ear. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish she had a bow. That would have been great. It would have been amazing and adorable. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's, it's an interesting film. I would watch it again. Um, but it's it's weird. It's a weird year for this kind of film. Yeah. Um. But American Werewolf in London came out the same year. Is that true? Yes. And I, I'm going to be honest, it's a far superior film to this. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but like, it's, it, I just think it was really funny that like Rick Baker was supposed to do the effects for this movie, but left to do an American Werewolf in London. It's very interesting. Um, and obviously Rick Baker would have done a better job on this then. i mean i mean I, I the effects are, are cool but they're not they don't really make sense and nothing's really cohesive yeah um none of the werewolves really look i don't know right it's right. weird the transformation's cool but it's not there's like a weird smile part where i, I, I don't really understand like it's creepy but i don't really get it you know what I mean? Like, I don't really like the actual transformation doesn't look like the end result of the werewolf that we see. Correct. Uh, it's strange. Yes. Um, it's cool. It doesn't really work. Agreed. A hundred percent. Also, not super into how these werewolves look. I wasn't either. In fact, the whole time I was like, I don't know, like if I didn't know going into this movie i mean obviously it's called the howling but if i went into this movie not knowing that it was a werewolf movie i feel like i would be confused about halfway in because like i would be like where i don't understand well and the werewolves have like bunny ears they're just a little too long yeah the proportions are all off it just doesn't I, whenever i see it and its ears kind of flop i like giggle a little bit because it's it's funny he's it's a puppy weird. with a floppy ear yeah it's a little weird um it's fine it's it's fun it's not my favorite i would much rather watch america werewolf in london which i'm sure has a oh, much so, bigger budget this yeah. is a very small budget um so you gotta forgive some of it you know it's an interesting story though i will give it that again i think this would do well with a remake because it's a really interesting story um 
that it would do better with a bigger budget and a little more money thrown its way. Yeah. Um, does Leia have the shining squirrels? She is squeaking that, that dead squirrel. <laughs> Good girl. She heard me and she, she just dropped it and looked at me. She's she's getting it. Are you a good girl? <laughs> Leia is very involved in the podcast this week. She is. <laughs> oh, she said oh absolutely. She said you're damn right. Oh my goodness. Okay. Anything else to mention? I mean, I have some. I feel like I told a lot of my stories. I oh, Carly, something you would really enjoy. Yes. Joe Dante was about to before he did this film yeah. he was signed on to do jaws 3 people 0 oh that my was, god <laughs> unfortunately that film didn't get made uh, wow. we got jaws 3d instead uh but i just wanted to let you know that he left that film to do this film well i appreciate it if only for the fact that we got jaws 3d which yeah. <laughs> everyone knows has the specialist place in my heart I will also say that the bladder mechanism underneath the latex for the transformation scenes, they used condoms as the bladders Amazing. for underneath the skin. I'm just saying that I thought was really fun. <laughs> I've, I think I've actually seen that technique used on Face Off. Oh, really? That yeah. they used condoms? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, those are the main things I mentioned. Most other things. I uh, don't have anything else. Okay. I'm ready to move on. Cool. Me too. Let's do it. So uh, this is a this is another segment on this show, <laughs> this fine cinef- cinema film. I can't speak today. <laughs> cinema film pom- podcast. Cinema to Yeah. Turn to David Lee Roth. Just like scatting in the middle of the... She's scatting. Yeah. Uh, it's a new segment that we like to call Scat with Amy and Carly. Uh, no, this is <laughs> Amy and Carly. I almost just spit wine out of my nose. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh this is Amy and Carly answer ask Reddit questions about werewolves. Ooh. I don't know why I did a ghost sound. You know, it worked with this. Uh, I also had jazz hands, but you couldn't see it. Oh, jazz hands. Scatting. I got some good ones this week, Carly. (laughs) There's a lot of werewolf questions on Ask Reddit this week. I'm really excited. Okay. Rob1150 asks If you have to choose between being a vampire or a werewolf, which would you go with? Vampire. Oh, 100% vampire. Every time. Yeah. Why would you want to be a werewolf? Vampires are sexy. I will. Okay. Marsha is an exception. Most werewolves are not sexy. Let's be honest. It's true. No. no. Unless you are you going to bring up Twilight again, Carly? I, I almost did because I was like, <laughs> I will not even front that like I would rather be friends with a werewolf if they are Twilight werewolves because <laughs> those things are huge ass puppies. And huge I love ass it. puppies. Yeah. yeah. And the they're va- like dire wolves. They're like dire wolves. And like how the- many nerdy things can we fit in one sentence? All of them. <laughs> All of the nerdy things. I'd much rather be friends with a giant dire wolf than with a marble statue. But you want to be a vampire. I would want to be a vampire. Vampires live forever. And they're beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah. Hell yeah. Vampires are better. They also have to eat uh, blood, though. So that's kind of weird. But I mean, werewolves I'm okay would with probably. That. I, feel like, I feel like if it meant I could be immortal, I might be able to down some blood. You know? Yeah. All right. 
cheers <laughs> to that. Cheers. Sorry. Did that get weird? <laughs> no, it was appropriate <laughs> okay. for the question. Uh, David Rivas141 asks, if you found out that you're a werewolf, what is the first thing you would do? I would get really paranoid because everything that I've always seen movie-wise has always described the transformation portion as being really painful. Yes. And I'm not into it, Mm. you know? So I would get a little nervous and maybe drugs would come into play at some point. That would knock me right out. That is not where my brain went initially, although (laughs) I can get behind everything you just said. (laughs) I was just thinking of investing in some Velcro so I could make some like breakaway clothes. Oh, that's smart. Otherwise, you're ripping all of your clothes every single time that there's a full moon for yeah. a few nights. You know? Yeah. What is it? Three nights in... I'm just going to go with uh, American Werewolf in London rules where it's like three nights a month. Um, I think that's safe. Yeah. To so just get some Velcro, get some tearaway clothes. Um, so you have, you know, when you're a woman... You have underwear for certain times a month, yeah. you know, and when you're a werewolf, you yeah. have tear away clothing for certain times a month. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. I Basically like it. the same thing. Thank you. Yeah. It's good. Um, Bobby Heads asks, what would happen if werewolves went to the moon? <laughs> great question. It is a great question. They, I mean, do they have spacesuits? They're going to need It's my follow up. They're going to need them. Because obviously if they're on the moon, they're going to be werewolves 100% of the time. I think it depends on the type of werewolf it is. Okay. Because some werewolves are slaves to the moon and some werewolves can just change whenever they want to. I feel like those are more shapeshifters though. Yes, but werewolves are considered shapeshifters in the howling. They can change whenever they want. It has nothing to do with the moon. That's true. I can I just that's another thing I don't like about that movie. <laughs> I reject. You're the that one idea. that loves Twilight, and <laughs> they can change oh, whenever they want. In that oh, movie am too. I, Amy? Are we bringing this up now? <laughs> because no, we can talk about this another time. All right, just saying, guys. <laughs> Out of the two I'm, of us, I have not watched the Twilight series, the most recent. You know what? <laughs> This is not something we need to discuss right now. Just saying you brought it up. That's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get so much hate mail this week. Um, yeah, so uh, there's all, if they would also starve. I feel like it would be very inconvenient for a werewolf to be on the moon. It's not good for a werewolf no. to be on the moon. They don't belong there. No. Keep them on the planet Earth where they can... Ch- Change and hunt in peace. Werewolves are earthbound. Yes. They need the the cycles of the moon. (laughs) They don't need to be on the moon. Brett's wife, LOL, asks, my eight-year-old wants to know, what happens to your human ears when you turn into a full-blown werewolf and grow wolf ears? I think that they morph into the ears. Yeah. They, like, rise up. And just change shape. I mean, your whole body does that, so it's not crazy, you know? It's super painful. Yeah. But yeah, your ears turn into wolf ears, eight-year-old boy. Yeah. So be careful. Sorry, she doesn't say son. Eight-year-old child. Inquisitive child. necessarily. Yeah. 
Horrorchick14 asks, what is the best werewolf film and why? It's a tie, American Werewolf in London and Silver Bullet, because it's, it's just an undisputable fact. I can agree with that. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I've never seen The Wolfman, though. And I need to. I haven't either. Maybe that's also one of the best werewolf movies. I don't know. Harry Potter. <laughs> Go on. I mean, it's not really considered a werewolf movie. The Professor Lupin. I know. I understand what you're referring to. But I just, I wouldn't call Harry Potter a werewolf story. Because it depends whose perspective you're watching it I, from, doesn't it? I suppose so. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Corporal Tajiktian. Nailed it. I didn't, but that's okay. What would happen to a person who was bitten by a zombie, werewolf, and vampire simultaneously? Who would they turn into? They would just explode. No. Incorrect. Not the right answer. What's the right answer? Okay. So, the zombie would immediately get canceled out by the vampire because vampires are immortal. So are we they talking Blade? Be. Are we going to bring up Blade? No. He's a vampire werewolf. Or not him. No, he's not. He's half vampire, half human. You're right. I'm thinking of the other one. What's the other but one with a, Kate Beckinsale? A vampire and a werewolf combined are called hybrids. Right. From the movie with Kate Beckinsale, Underworld. It's not, it's not just from Underworld. It is in multiple films and TV shows. Cool. Uh, werewolves and vampires are hybrids. Apparently, I don't watch enough. Super I'm a little nerdy, and it's fine. Werewolf have television. Your nerdy things. I have my nerdy things. No, I'm saying like I'm not knowledgeable in this area. So I, I'll explain. Thank so you. So the zombies immediately canceled out because right. you can't be a vampire zombie. So the second you have vampire blood in your system, you are a vampire, right? And you can no longer be a zombie. So fuck zombies. You're not a zombie. Cool. But. You will probably be a vampire-werewolf hybrid, a.k.a. just hybrid, and which is obviously the best thing to be. Is it? I mean, what, if, what do you turn into, though? You would mostly be human, but you could turn into a werewolf at any time. And it wouldn't be painful because you're a vampire and you don't feel pain. True. Okay. Yeah. That is yeah. the best thing to be. It is the best thing to be, for sure. Totally is. I like it. Yeah. Are you accepted by both people, though? Mm, not necessarily. Or are you like the outcast? Like the vampires don't want to hang out with you. The werewolves don't want to hang out with you. You're more powerful than a vampire. So vampires would probably be scared of you. So they probably wouldn't fuck with you. But they wouldn't hang out with you either. Like you wouldn't have yeah, like a lot of friends. if you force them to because they're scared of you. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. You'd be like king of the vampires or queen of the vampires rather. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Teddy. Something to look forward to. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, queen of the, that's me. Um, Teddy Cheers asks, how could you catch a werewolf alive? I mean, that's easy, right? You just put them, put their human form in a cage, right? But you have to know what their human form is. Yeah. I think they're asking how to catch a werewolf when they're an actual werewolf. Okay. I mean, a a hitch knot. What is that thing that we do? <laughs> I'm taking it Throwing full it circle. Throwing it back to the beginning of What's the episode. What's it called? I don't even I don't, remember. That's literally special, on funny the notes, knot. So. I know. I just scrolled up. The clover hitch. There you go. Sir, is how you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. Teddy um, tears. 
I feel like a cave would be involved with like a metal gate that comes down. Like have like, like a, a recording have a recording of a child in a cave, you know? So they're like, ooh, I'm gonna go eat this child in this cave, and then the gate comes down and then they're trapped. So it's like a really big like box and stick with like capturing like a bunny or a squirrel. Right. Okay. But with a cave and with and a child. Bars. Yeah. Cool. Well not an actual child, just a recording of a child. I mean you do it your Werewolves way. I'll can't do it my way. Eating children. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> just making up shit now what what are we talking about i don't know what's next next spy is, fox yeah. 321 says what do you do to make your make sure your significant other isn't a werewolf and or vampire it's a very important question spy fox 321 and i will tell you in order to make sure that your significant other is not a vampire all you have to do is put a mirror in their face done job or if you don't subscribe to the mirror thing, which not every film does, you could also invite them to your house. But not but invite them in. But not invite them in and see if they come in on their own. Oh, Angel. The werewolf thing is a little trickier. You just got to get them like really angry around a full moon or just invite them out when you know there's going to be a full moon and see if they show up or not. Yeah, just hang out with them like for 30 nights straight. Yeah. 30 nights straight. <laughs> Or yeah, 31, I guess. That's, that's fair. <laughs> um, I don't even know. Gakash. Gakish. Gakash. <laughs> I think Gakash is fancy. Gakash says, <laughs> is any movie with a werewolf in it a werewolf movie? No. No, we just As had we this just argument. discussed. <laughs> well, Harry I mean, Potter. you said yes. I know, but it's not really. It's about a boy wizard, not it's a true. werewolf. No, it's not. Not, but most movies with werewolves are about werewolves, but not all movies with werewolves are about werewolves. Yeah, correct. Case in point, Monster Squad. Boom. Got werewolf, not, not a, werewolf a werewolf movie. movie. Yeah. Jewish Crab asks, if you are going to be a were creature beside a werewolf, such as a were squid or a were eagle, which animal would you choose? Oh, this is very uh, true bloody true blood they true have bloody they have aware people oh do they really yeah i'd okay. be so i could like just turn into anything sure <sighs> that's a good question I'm trying to think if i want to be of the sea or if i want to be of the land of the sea <laughs> i love it like a werewell <laughs> a were whale. Yeah. I like the way that sounds. Me too. I don't know how like helpful it would be. I'd to need be a to be were-whale. by the ocean whenever yeah. I transform. Well, you really like the ocean. I would not want to live in the ocean. I so I would not pick an aquatic animal. I don't know if I'd want to live in it at night. Like I'd want to play during the day. But like there's too many things that humans kind of like fuck with. Like, you know, like those the nets that I just mm-hmm. Who knows? And then I'm like a human stuck in a net in the morning naked. And that's not fun. I'm going to pick something big. That's for sure. Because I don't want to be a smaller animal. Like my first instinct was to say snake. But then I was like, "Mm, but snakes, you can still like control them because they're relatively small. So I'm going to go with like panther. Ooh. A were panther. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. My honestly first instinct was to be an otter. (laughs) (laughs) but again nighttime can that please be your halloween costume (laughs) a were otter otter? (laughs) (laughs) 
I just nighttime though, again, that the whole thing just messes everything up. Yeah. Aware shark. Aware shark. I'd totally be aware shark. That's it. But I figured I'd need, it out for you. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Oh my God, just pick something we have more things to do. <laughs> Guys, this is a loaded question. <laughs> just pick a fucking animal. I'm trying to think of like a good nocturnal animal. I would be a fox. Okay. You are a fox. A stone cold one. Oh. Okay. Your daily evil. It's not even my turn. I'm just going to read it. Your daily evil says you discover you have, in fact, turned into a werewolf. And once a month, you are rampaging threat to loved ones or anyone near you. I already am that. Uh, (laughs) How would you adjust your current life around this? Um, My doll. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's how I currently do it. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Leia too, apparently. Bean. Get that dog fixed. Um, I don't know. I guess just like, you know, go on little mini uh, camping trips once a month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just let me do my thing. I need to yeah. be free. Yeah. Maybe Maybe some chains are involved. Maybe I'll chain myself up to a tree once a month. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would just go to, like, I would think I would just go to the woods. You just go to the woods and kill things? Yeah. You would be so sad if you woke up and you killed, like, deer and bunnies and things. I'd be miserable with my life. You would probably kill yourself. No, I'd be so sad. You wouldn't be able to handle it. I would cry, and I'd be like, I'm a monster. Oh. That's what would happen. Poor thing. It'd be very terrible. Um, I'd probably be okay with it. I'd probably just go find some, like, weird rapists and hang out with them for the night. Yeah. Yeah. No, Sounds yeah. good. Cheers. <laughs> um, I like it. I'm not bummed that you read that one, because now I get to say perverted solid snake <laughs> says, uh, people who are afraid of werewolves, are you afraid of getting eaten or getting turned into a werewolf yourself? That, eaten. I, uh, I'd say getting turned into a werewolf. I don't want to be a werewolf. I'd rather be a werewolf than be eaten. I feel like the inner torment would kill me. I think I'd rather be eaten. All right. I don't care if I'm inner torment. If I have torment (laughs) in my innards. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Maybe if we have a a coven, a colony. A colony. I could hang. I could hang. Yeah. Our little werewolf colony. Yeah. Okay, last one. Not B. Carpet says, who would you like to see fight a werewolf? Uh, the Trump family. Oh. Just then, the whole family. But Just, then, what if they, like, become a werewolf? Then that would be fucking miserable. They wouldn't. Chuck that Norris. That werewolf's killing them. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, my God. No self-respecting werewolf's gonna turn them into werewolves. Thank God. <laughs> They're like, you've got to go. Who wants to deal with that full time? <laughs> Nobody. That's the answer. Oh, okay. so Do you have good. an answer for that one? Oh, yeah. I said Chuck Norris. <laughs> Chuck Norris. Roundhouse kick. I got you. I feel that. Oh, my God. All right. Hat pull. Are we ready to do this? Do you want to talk about anything else? I feel like we will. There's a lot to talk about, but we have been going on for a while. We have. It's true. We can talk about it next time. And we'll talk about it another time. Things we're watching and things. There's a lot of things to watch right there's now. There's so many okay. things. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm doing this, but there's really only two movies left, so I don't <laughs> really know why I'm doing that. So for our final October series, our films will begin with 
Ooh, witches, Carly. Oh, we just had a talk about them. Final Girls Love Witches. What witch movie? What famous, everyone knows it, witch movie are we doing? We'll give you a hint. David Hasselhoff. And Linda Blair. And Linda Blair. Three, <laughs> That's two, right. You one. guessed it. Witchery from 1988, which is now streaming on Tubby TV for free. You're welcome. And we'll be discussing... Carly's favorite that I have never seen. She's so excited. The Mummy. I'm excited and also terrified. Uh, which from 1999, which is streaming on HBO Go and HBO Now. Yeah. So a little so, fun, a little not horror fun moment <laughs> to end. Uh, Wait, is The Mummy not horror? I mean, it's not scary. Well, there's a mummy in it. <laughs> Which is why we're doing it. But it's not scary. It's horror-esque. Sure. Okay. And and witchery. With w- Linda Blair and w- David Hasselhoff. How is this a movie no one talks about? Well, uh, we will be talking we're gonna about We're going to find it. out. Stay tuned for next week. <laughs> Very excited about that. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be crazy. Uh-oh. All right. Wow, this was a crazy episode. But so much fun. Yes. Um, I guess that's it then. Uh, Until next week, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. Bye. Bye!